Okay, I'm David. My experience was in 1979 when I was 19 years old. I was in a place, in a really bad place back then. I was in with the wrong people. It was a group of us that hung out together and we did gang-like stuff. I grew up in the south end of Warren, Michigan, which borders Detroit, and it's really a bad neighborhood. It was bad when I was there, and I needed to get out of there. I wanted to get out of there, and I wanted to move somewhere out west. I didn't want to live where I was living anymore because I knew I was struggling and I was going to have even more problems if I didn't leave. So I thought I got ready to leave. I saved money. I got everything packed and everything, and then I thought, well, I'll just hang out with my friends one more night one more party with them there's only just one more okay well we drank beer all day and smoke weed all day and then come the evening i wanted something that was a little more so i asked my friend i had a friend who could get me anything and i asked him to go get me something more so he went out and he came back and he gave me this brown rock it was kind of like sandstone. Well, I believe now it was probably early crap cocaine. He told me what it was, but I didn't hear. All I heard was the cocaine part. So I said, okay, well, cocaine, no problem. I crushed it up and then I snorted it. Well, you can't snort crap cocaine. And my friend saw what I did. He said, you're going to die. That's You did enough that it's, it's going to kill you. And I laughed at him, you know, I said, okay, you know, I've, I've done all kinds of drugs and everything and, you know, nothing has hurt me yet. It only cost me $15. How bad could it hurt me? You know, that, that was my thought. Remember, I was 19 years old. I didn't know anything from anything. So I did that. And then we went outside and I had beer outside. We were out in the front yard and I started to get really dizzy. I didn't want to fall down. So I sat down and that didn't work either. So I laid down on the grass and the next thing i remember was i had this out of body experience i was in a car with my friends and we drove around the block we drove past my parents house which is only four houses away from where we were and i got scared i didn't want them to see me so i, I remember i ducked down in the car well i saw other things too there was a glow around everything and I saw these little beings that were in the trees and in the bushes. And then when I turned and looked at them, they vanished. Well, that ended. And I woke up in this chair in this family room. Now, the family room was all decked out. It was a, it was a great party room. It had a real loud stereo in it and everything. And places to, places to sit, places to crash on the floor if you need to crash there. So I wake up in the chair. And I heard sounds coming from my body. They were kind of sounded all together. They kind of sounded like a bell, but I could hear each part of it and all at the same time, both at the same time. And I felt those starting to go away. They went away one by one. I think there was something like seven or eight of them. And um, I didn't hear them anymore. It was just silence. And the next thing I know, the music was playing loud, way loud. And I love loud music. I'm a rocker, you know, I still am. It was playing the doors, but it was way too loud for me. It felt like it was cutting through me. It actually, I felt pain. And I got up, I was going to turn the stereo down, but I couldn't touch the body knob. I couldn't touch it. And so I tried to unplug it, but I couldn't touch the plug either. And it was just blasting and I couldn't take it. So I called out for my friends and nobody came. I tried to go around the house and look for them, and somehow I could see all the rooms 
really just by thinking about them. And there wasn't anybody in that house that I could see. Well, I started to freak out and I found myself in the kitchen. I was trying to get into the family room, it was the next room, and I couldn't move. I could barely move. You know, I tried to walk, didn't work. I tried to crawl, that didn't work either. But somehow I made it back into the room and I saw my body laying there in the chair. And if I was freaked out before, I was doubly freaked out at that. I got really scared because I remembered what... Israel is like any other place you've been to. The Dead Sea is just like any other sea that's located at the lowest point on Earth. You can float. What I did, and it looked like I was in some big trouble. So I freaked out, started screaming, I didn't know what to do. And I thought about, well, you know, they say prayer works, well, why don't I pray? So I prayed, I said, God, I really messed up this time. I really need your help. And the next thing you know, there was this spirit by the door. He was floating and he, he was just his colors. He, he was just his aura. And he slowed down and he appeared to me as a person. He had curly hair, he had dark eyes, and he talked to me and what he did is lips didn't move and I kind of felt what he was saying. And he said that he was there to help me. And he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, I want to go outside. I got to get out of this house, okay? Well, the music started to fade away and he said, okay. And the next thing you know, we were out in the driveway outside. We didn't go through the door. I didn't know how we got out there, but I was out. That's what I wanted. So the spirit, I call him Bob because he needs a name. I can't say, you know, my friendly spirit a million times. But he told me that he knew everything about me. And then he told me things that I only thought of when I was like three or four, never mentioned to anybody. And he knew things that happened. He knew about the divorce my parents got, which got me into the house I was in. He showed me things, like I had this funny uncle Eddie, he showed me him, and all the stuff he showed me, nobody else could have known. I never said it to anybody, but he knew. So he proved to me that he knew me, so I trusted him. And then he said, we can go wherever we want to go. Where do you want to go? Kind of surprised me, and I said, well, I thought of the seven wonders of the world. Why don't I go see those? Let's do that. He said, well, I can show you some of them. I said, well, what about the pyramids? And the next thing you know, we were at the pyramids. We were in Egypt. And I could see the pyramids when they were new, and I could see the pyramids in the current time. I could see the cities the same way. And I asked him how I could see both times at one time. And he said, just how it worked. It's time. And he explained to me something about it, which I really didn't understand. He said it was something about the energy of the planet and how it, it transfers to the universe and back. It was something like that. The pyramids had something to do with that. He explained to me some other things, too, while we were there that I really wish I could remember, but I don't. And then we left there, and when we got to Egypt, on the way there, I was there, like, just in a blink of an eye, we were there. But when we left Egypt, I wanted to go slow so I could see everything, and I told him I wanted to go slow. So we got about as high as uh, the space shuttle flies. It, it was uh, that kind of view, and I could see that there were places that were like the pyramids, under the ocean. And there were other natural places too in the oceans and on land that had this energy going to them. That they were like exchanging the energy from the universe and the planet. It goes around, the, the energy comes from the universe, comes to the planet, the planet uses it and then returns it back. 
to the universe. So we kept going, we kept flying, and I could see the countries, I could see the, the land masses, and I could see where there was really good energy, really nice, colorful, and, and bright energy. And then there was darker energies around where the cities were. And then I found myself, we were heading for the West Coast, for California. I saw the cities there too. And, uh, and in the United States, the energy was different than it was in the other countries. It was wild. It wasn't the same as everyone else. It was totally unique. So we kept going and I saw these streaks of light, like me and Bob were. We were, we were streaks of light. And we saw other, other spirits that were like Bob and they were taking, taking spirits like me somewhere. I didn't know where that. And I saw other souls too. I call them the dark souls in my book. I really wish I would call them something else, but I can't really find a word to describe them. And what they are is they are humans who have passed that have not gone to the light. And there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't go to the light. Some of the reasons were they don't know about the light and nobody came to help them, or they know about the light but they want to stay here anyway because they're afraid of it. And spirits like Bob help spirits like them. He explained about the energy and, and he said that spirits like him help spirits like me. So after seeing the energy of spirits and the energy of the planet and everything, and so I thought about it, I wanted to see the planet from a different view. I wanted to be able to see the whole planet all at once. And I did, I saw the whole planet all at once and, and it had an aura too. And it looked awesome. It looked blue like the pictures that you see of it, but it was also other colors. It was blue close to it. And then it changed to reds and greens and whites. It just looked so beautiful. And Bob told me that the planet has a name and his name is Gaia. He said that we humans are her name Gaia. We're not living in harmony with her. We weren't treating her right. We weren't living in harmony with her and it was hurting her energy. I was concerned about that because I saw how beautiful it was and we weren't living in harmony with it. I was concerned about it. I was concerned about the planet. God said it was right for me to be concerned. And I thought about, well, what about the stars? What about those? What's their story? He said that we could go see one. He said, pick one. So I just pointed at random. It looked like a star was there. But when we were going to it, we went past all of the planets in our system. And they had their auras, just like Gaia does. And they had cities of spirit on them. I could see what, there were spirits that were living there. And I asked Bob, I said, how come we can't see those? And he said, well, that's because your vibration isn't high enough. Your vibration is high right now because you don't have a body. And that's how you can see everything. And we got to the place that I thought was a star. Well, it looked like a star from far away, but I don't think it was a star. It was circular. It seemed like it was sucking things in, kind of like a black hole. But I looked at it and in the center, there was like a blue color, like a sky blue color on the other side of it. I wanted to go in it. That's where I want to go. I still want to go in it. But Bob said that he wants to make sure that I'm ready for what's there when I go there. He wants to make sure I'm ready first. So 
I didn't know what to do. And I thought about, well, who made all this? Everyone says God made all this. Is that true? And he said, well, he says, you have a different idea about what God is. What God is actually is the energy of everything, the energy that's in everything. Everything is a part of God. He said, you are a part of God. I am a part of God. The planet's a part of God. Everything is a part. It's not, God is not a human. He's not a person. And he doesn't judge you. He just is. Then I thought, well, okay, that makes more sense to me than the God that's going to punish you or send you to hell or whatever. So I asked him, I said, well, okay, I had a wrong idea about God. What about Jesus? He said, well, Jesus is an ascended master. And there are other masters that are like him. Then this white light came and it surrounded me. I was like in the middle of this white light. And then a figure appeared to me, and he looked just like the picture of Jesus I saw in this Lutheran school that I went to for two years. He appeared like Jesus, and I felt like great. I felt like I was somebody, you know, and I was worth something. And he only said one thing to me. He said, tell them to love one another, and all will be well. Then he left, and that's all he said to me was just that one thing. And I felt like really great. I felt like I was a part of something. And after he left, I saw all of the planets in a line. I could see all their auras and I could hear them. They were all together and they sounded like a bell, just like my body did. And it was like, it wasn't a ting, but it was the, the ringing of the bell after you ting, like ting and then, you know how the bells do? Well, I heard that and saw that. And then I thought, wow, how do I get to see this? But it was just so awesome. It was the best thing I ever saw. And it made me feel like I was worth something. It made me feel that they are giving me this. So after that, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't think of where I wanted to go. And about said, I know a place we can go. So we went, flew past all the planets again, and we went to this place that was close to Earth. I could see Earth from it. And I could see the spirits like Bob and like me going to the place. So we got there and came down into this like town square type of a place and there was a big house on my left side and there was this big building on the right side bob took me into the house and i saw one of the four different rooms in it and i saw if you bought products such as tvs or computer monitors containing cathode ray tubes which are commonly known four different spirits they knew me, but I did not know them. And they were concerned that I was there. And then Bob and I went out and then we went into the big building. In the big building, there was a wooden bench that glowed. All the wood there glowed. All the, the buildings were white and they were framed with wood and all the wood glowed for some reason. And then to my right, there was these double doors. So me and Bob are in there and Bob told me to sit on the bench. And he, he said he has to go in. So he went in through the double doors. He was in there for a while. And while I was sitting on that bench, I started to have a deja vu like I was there before. And then I started to see the reasons why I was there before. So uh, I was sitting there, I was almost to the point where I was gonna find out what it was exactly that I did when Bob came out of the room. And then Bob said, it's your turn to go in, go ahead and go in. Don't be afraid and be honest if they ask you questions. So I get in a room and it's a, a paneled room. All the wood was glowing. It was like a horseshoe type of a table. 
and there was these these spirits sitting around the table there was like like i don't know half dozen of them and i recognized one of them from the time i was there before and i got scared because i did not have a good thing with him he was the you know the enforcer or whatever so they started to show me my life and they didn't show me every little thing that i did every time i kicked the dog or whatever you know they they show me things that made me into what i was like they told me about funny uncle eddie they told me about my mom and dad they showed me that i picked them so that i could help them on their path and go on mine we went along with that and then it got to the point where i was coming up on what i did i was coming up on the current time or whatever you want to call it so they were done and then they asked me did you have a more positive life or a more negative life what do you think and i wanted to say positive because i knew that if i was positive that they would let me stay there i want to say positive but when those beings talked to me they talked to me just like Bob did. It was a telepathic thing. And I thought about lying to them and they picked up on that. And then they said, well, you have to decide what you're gonna do. You can stay here if you want to, or you can go back to the planet if you want to. Well, I wanted to stay. I started to argue with them. That's what I did, wrong thing to do with that group. I found myself outside and discarded. There was a stone bench there, a white stone bench, and it was all these flowers and everything, and it was a, there was a river that was off to the distance. So I was sitting there by myself, and I started thinking about, well, what can I do to stay here? How, I need to find a way. I started thinking about all about me. It was all about me. I wanted to stay there, okay? And then Bob came, and he asked me what I was going to do. I told him, says, well, I want to stay. He said, well, you got to think about it first. So I asked him, I said, well, what's going to happen if I go back? And he said, well, he said, you're going to get married soon. Your wife is near. You're going to have children. And one of those children is going to be way different than the others. And I'm supposed to be there for him and the others. He said that I would have problems with jobs. He said I've had problems with my health. And he told me bad things that were going to happen to me. And I wanted to, I still wanted to stay there. So I asked him, I said, well, why am I go back? He said, I can't tell you. So I started asking him leading questions like, well, where am I going to be living when I die? That kind of thing. He showed me where I would be living. And it's, it's basically the area where I live in now. He also said that I would have a brown dog for some reason. I ended up didn't having a brown dog, but I don't know why he told me that. And he said that I was going to have a hard life when I go back. He said, just, just, just how it's going to be. And so I thought about it and I thought, well, why am I thinking about me? What about my kids? What about my wife? I was so far away from getting married then. It, it was unreal, but she was there and, I, and there was somebody there for me and somebody was going to want me, you know, and I, and I wanted that. So I decided that I was going to go back and I told him. He said, well, okay, there's something we have to do. So got up, we floated over to the river. And he told me that the river is, it cleanses you from things that you can't share from there. You know, there were things that, that I can't share, you know, like stuff that I don't remember. So we were at the river and he said that the river cleanses you. And then he told me that I was to share my story. And he touched me on my lips. And uh, what would have been my lip? That's what I thought he was touching. So I said, okay. And he said, well, you have to go in. 
So I dove in the river, I came out the bottom of it, and I was in space again. this glitter trail and I followed the glitter trail down and I got to the area where I was living and I wasn't quite at the house I had to go to the house so I'm floating going to the house and I'm thinking about well wow look what I can do I can move like this I can see everything I can understand stuff and I thought about it and I thought well I want to go see more things and then I thought better of it. I thought, well, well, yeah, there are dark souls out there and there are souls that will try to waylay you into something and they could, you know, you could end up being stuck like them. So I decided that I wasn't gonna do that. Got to the house and I watched the sunrise and uh, the sun made noise too. It was beautiful. I, you know, I had all this new stuff and I had a brand new day and I wanted to share everything with everybody right away. So. I went back in the house, but you know, I didn't go through the door. I realized that I could just go through the house to get in it. So get in and see my body laying there. And I didn't want to do it, but I kind of laid on top of it and I got into my body. It was like a like a little pop sound. So I realized I was in my body and I knew it. So I made sure that everything worked, you know, fingers, nose, toes, that kind of thing. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was complete and I was. So I got up out of the chair and I immediately started trying to tell my friends, well, they were all passed out on the floor from drinking the night before. And I woke them up, bad thing to do. And uh, I started telling them and they said, oh, you're crazy. All you do is overdose on drugs. So I started trying to tell them more and they, they said, stop your crazy talk. So. I left there, I went home, my stepdad was up. I thought about telling him, but he was getting ready for work and he wouldn't have time to even listen to it. And I don't even know if he would even want to hear it. So he left. Then I tried to tell my mother. My mother didn't want to hear it. She told me, she said, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know. It's like, okay, well, couldn't tell her. And then anybody I tried to tell that day, everybody had some, oh, you're just a drug overdose. You're crazy. and. And, and I got from more than one person, stop your crazy talk. I've tried to tell people that, that whole day and nobody would listen. So I went home and I finally got to sleep and I had this dream, I thought I was dreaming. And there was this voice trying to talk to me. It, it was saying things about my future. He told me that a friend of mine would die in a drunk driving accident and he named the friend. At that point, my vibration was low because it got all taken away by everybody who was dissing me and didn't trust him. I, I didn't see him. I heard him, but his voice was different. I didn't know what to do. So I just said, I don't want to know about any of this stuff. And then he left. And then uh, about three months later, I saw my friend. After the experience, I went back to going to the roller rink and hanging out with the friends I grew up with. Well. I'm on my way to the roller rink, I'm walking, and here comes my friend in his car. He said, you want a ride? I said, sure, I'll take a ride. Well, he went by the liquor store on the way to the roller rink, and he got a fifth of Southern Comfort. He was gonna drop me off a drink, and on the way there, I told him, and I warned him about it before. I told him, said, dude, do not drink that in your car and drive. Go to a party somewhere, go stay there, and drink it there, do not drive. I told him, point blank. And you know what he said? He said, stop your crazy talk. 
And that's the last thing he ever said to me. Three hours later, he was dead. And then after that, I believed that the experience was real. I firmly believed that. And I didn't want to tell anyone. I was afraid to try to tell anyone. So I didn't tell anyone. I got married. We had four kids. I told my wife the whole thing before we got married. Well, I told her about it. She said, yes, those things happened. And she believed me and everything. So she was the first one to believe me. And after that, I didn't tell anybody until 1998. But yeah, that, that was it. That was the whole thing. I certainly believe in all of it now. You know, I have no question about it. I mean, I couldn't throw away all the knowledge that he gave me. He gave me about energy and, and what energy is, and what it's for, and how we can use it, and what the experience was about. It was about energy, and it was about God. You know, God, there's some, some total of all energy. That's how I understand what he is. But that was that. I started to share the experience in 98. I wrote it down. I shared it with somebody. They shared it with somebody else. It ended up on a, near death, on a big near-death experience website. A lot of people read it. I got emails and from people, you know, questions and thank yous and all that stuff. Hi, I'm Jamie Galloway, and I want to tell you about a story, an unexpected and surprise visit from a messenger from heaven at night, two in the morning. And everything that followed is an amazing story. It's a true story. It happened to me. I believe many of you right now listening to this have had unusual encounters, some of those that you may not even feel comfortable to share, but they're leading you into an adventure with God. God wants to give you an amazing adventure with him. And there are these catalyst moments that set you up for an incredible story filled with the Holy Spirit, adventure, and the supernatural. Two in the morning, one night, and this would have been about six years ago. I was up in the middle of the night, woke up to an unexpected surprise visitor. It was a messenger from heaven, an angel. And the angel walked into the room that I was laying down in, and to my surprise, startled. I woke up thinking somebody had just broken into my house. Uh, but when I had uh, woken up, I realized it was not a normal person. It was an angel. And he was standing before me, walking in front of me. My body was frozen, almost as if in fear, but at the same time, uh, sort of caught up in the presence of God. His presence was washing over me. And I could feel the glory as this, this messenger had just departed from heaven itself and had come to me to deliver a message. I could feel the presence of Jesus. And as the angel walked past me, the angel spoke this over me. God is going to anoint his Josephs. He's going to take them out of the dungeon. He's going to teach them to take one and make it two and take two and make it four. And he gave me this word, and immediately upon saying these words, he disappeared. As he disappeared, I could feel the tangible presence of Jesus just washing over me. It was real. It changed my life. I couldn't move. And I was so calmed by what I had heard, yet so startled by all the magnitude of what I had been hearing. And I didn't know what to do, and I just laid there stunned 
in the presence of God. I, I drifted off to sleep. When I fell asleep, I went into a dream. And this was a deeper place of sleep than I had been before. And it was as if as the night went on, more and more revelation was coming. And in this dream, I was literally catapulted into the cosmos. I heard the audible voice of God speaking to me. I could feel his presence wrapping around me. And as I was shooting through the cosmos and looking at the stars and the planets in this dream, I heard the voice of the Lord. The Lord spoke audibly and he said, I'm going to open up doors for you, doors to kings and doors to presidents. And he went on and he shared many other things pertaining to my life and to things regarding prophecies that I would fulfill. And so I came out of that encounter. I didn't know what to do. I was stunned. It was a dream, but it felt so real. And maybe like me, you've had some dreams that felt so real, so real that when waking up, you can't even tell the difference between that and reality. That was what happened to me for about the first 30 minutes upon waking. I sat there stunned, kind of pulling it all together, both the angelic minister that had visited me with a message and the encounter that I had as I dreamed that dream. And it was all sort of a blur, but yet God was speaking to me and I needed to see that there was something of his purpose in all of it. As I began to unravel that encounter, I began to think about the Josephs. And many of you are Josephs right now and you might be sitting in a dungeon season of your life and you're going, God, make sense of this. How does any of this make sense? Part of the Joseph anointing, as you may know, that God's been speaking over his people is to bring a wealth and see the wealth transfer happen where God wants to restore wealth to his people and wants to put his people in a place of influence, influence over the wealth of nations, influence over the wealth of cities. And that Joseph anointing began to unravel. I began to see it and began to understand elements of that Joseph anointing and I began to pray and release that word over people and they began to see breakthrough. Some of the breakthrough that they were encountering in the stories as I released that prophetic message that the angel gave was about people coming into inheritance. Some of them immediate. Others were buying businesses and their businesses that were literally generating six figures they were buying for unreasonable prices like a dollar. I spoke to one gentleman after praying for him. I came back a year later. He said, you released that impartation over me. And I literally bought a six figure business, a coffee business for $1. And now today it generates over six figures. It's the Joseph anointing. And I said, God, I believe a Joseph anointing is not just for the people I minister to, but for me as well. So I started partnering with my family over business. And I remember at that time, God opened up a door for me to jump in with my family in the restaurant business. And one of, that, one of those moments that so stood out to me as I was deep into that business, on the weekends I was doing ministry, but during the weekdays I'm, I'm uh, part of that business. I was down in the basement of one of the restaurants making dough. It's a pizza business and I was making dough and, and after eight hours of literally folding dough with my own hands, uh, my back was aching, my body was not used to this. 
I was saying, God, I need a break, but I'm also going to remind you of something. You told me that you would open up doors to kings and doors to presidents. There was this word reverberating through my spirit, and I said, God, I'm down here making dough in this dungeon. It feels like a dungeon. But like Joseph, I'm calling out to you about this dream, this dream that you put in me. God, speak to me and show me. I'm so grateful for everything you're doing in me, but God, show me. In that moment, my brother came through that door and said, you look exhausted. Let's go for a jog. So I left behind what I was doing, folding that dough, washed my hands, my, my arms literally caked in dough. It was it was surreal. I was going, God, I can't believe I'm doing this, but you're, you're setting me on this assignment. I said, but I'm reminding you, you told me that I would be ministering. And Lord, you would open up doors to kings and to presidents. And so have you ever had one of those prophecies? They're so high, so low, you're, it's like way out of reach and only God can do it. So we get downtown St. Louis and we go on this jog. And just before the jog begins, my brother and I are suiting up, we're putting on our headphones on, we're gonna get refreshed, nice cool air. It's evening time and, and, and I, I say out loud, the president is here. And my brother says, what are you talking about? I said, the president is here. And it was like this prophetic unction was coming out of me. He said, that's ridiculous. What are you talking about? So we get into the jog and we jog for about 20 minutes. And uh, at the end, of, as we're nearing the end of the jog, 20 minutes into it, we're huffing and puffing, trying to push through this jog, get a little refresher, breathing in this nice evening air. We make a turn into this downtown area of the park and there's this huddle of people and they're all huddled around one person my brother says who is that and i looked and i said it's the president and he goes you're kidding me and we begin to run straight towards the president it was a former president and as i'm running towards that former president the secret service pull back their their sport jackets and they show me they have, they're, they're loaded, they have Glocks, and they said, whoa, back off, back off. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm just out for a run, and I would love to talk to the president. And they said, oh, no, no. And the former president looks at me and says, come here. And I come close, and I shake his hand, and I just thank him for his service to our country. And in that moment, I feel the Spirit of God speaking to me and saying, I open up the doors. I alone open up the doors that no man can shut. Maybe you're in a Joseph season where you've been locked in the dungeon and you don't know where your prophecy is going to come to pass, but God knows and he can make it happen just about anywhere. I believe many of you who are watching this are calling out to God about the dreams and the visions and the encounters you've had and saying, God, is that just my imagination? Are you really going to make it happen? Well, I want to tell you, even in the dungeon, while you're folding dough, God can speak to you and open up a door. Just like Gideon, when he was threshing the wheat and the angel of the Lord appears to him and prepares him to be a hero for Israel and that our God wants to do the same thing with you. Father, I pray for those watching this, that you would give them a Joseph anointing, pull them out of the dungeon and cause them to see multiplication.
I ask for an anointing and an impartation. Angels are on assignment right now, watching over the word they have spoken. And there is a Joseph season coming to your life to come out of the dungeon to the high place, to minister to the pharaohs of your land, to speak over those pharaohs what Jesus wants to put in you to release to them. I bless you with that. Right now, receive that in Jesus' name as angels are waking you in the night and prophesying over you, speaking to you. Get ready. You're about to embark on a new adventure you've never seen before. This is a new day. This is time to come out of the dungeon to see an addition and multiplication in your life and to speak over those people that God has commissioned you to speak over. I bless that in your life in Jesus' name.